0: live for another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host Jeremy the Impact York. This is Impact Media's weekly jump off the top rope into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. hope you guys are doing well and as always if you would like to contact the show you can find us anywhere you can download a podcast. If you would leave us a question comment suggestion rating review all those fun things of course five star review you guys love us we love you guys uh including podcast one spotify itunes store all of those great places if there is a place you get a podcast that we are not please let us know we will happily make sure that we are there next time you look for us if you would like to email the show 3endzone at gmail.com. That's the number 3 E N D Z O N E at gmail.com. 3endzone at gmail.com. If you want, you can put Strong Style in the title. You don't have to. I will figure out by your question. And I personally respond to every email message, anything we get. So that is me responding when you uh, get that uh, receipt. Also, you can find us on Facebook by looking up. Strong Style, or Jeremy York, or Impact Media, or any of our other shows. Board check, That Sports Show, Up With The White and Gold, our new Georgia Tech Show, Hunker Down, the new uh, Georgia Bulldog Show, or GSU Panther Zone as it returns. Any of those should be able to find us. If you would like to just find the links to the show, currently, the best place to do so is Twitter, at Team Impact Media all undercase at team impact media also on twitter as well as triller tiktok and instagram if you would like to follow me which includes the show links and my other random bantering sometimes i will tweet along with contests i am watching sometimes i'll give you a random thought or a cool retweet like uh like some stuff coming up with georgia state coming on this weekend that i've already put up at the Impact 99, will find me on all those platforms. Now, there is a ton to get to. There is uh, chaos in AEW, as we thought there could be. There is um, some interesting matchups happening in the WWE that I want to talk about a little later. We've seen the UK invasion in NXT where they've dissolved NXT UK and they've taken uh, the ones that they wanted and brought them over to regular NXT to make a a super, super functioning league there. Um, I think there's more to come. They're just slowly introducing them as they can. But first, we've got to start with the UFC. Now, there's some PFL news coming up, too. We've got to start with the UFC. And the reason why we have to do that is we went into UFC 279 all the way up to Friday looking forward to Hamzat Chimaev and Nathan Diaz, otherwise known as Nate Diaz. And then the Friday weigh-ins happen. What happened at the Friday weigh-ins? Well, Chimaev. Misses weight by what seven, eight, nine pounds? That's he blamed it on a UFC doctor that told him to stop cutting weight the night before because it was going to be unhealthy. Yeah, that means you come in out of shape. They said it had to do with a sickness or some other things. Well don't know about that. I guess we will uh, I guess we will determine that at a later date, right? But so what does Dana and Sean Shelby and, uh, and and the matchmakers do about this? Well, they end up giving us a super card because Dana White is the best at what he does. Absolutely. What does he do? Well, he just jumbles the card. So our new co-main event ends up being Chimaev versus Kevin Holland already on the card our new main event becomes Nathan Diaz versus Tony Ferguson already on the card and those guys made weight they ended up being uh, the main event was I believe the correct yeah it was welterweight uh, catch weight was to my Holland and in turn it left two other guys kinda dangling around there that was uh lizing Or Li Jingling and uh, good old Dan Rodriguez they've made that a catchweight bout as well so instead of getting what we thought was gonna be one dream match we got three that's one of the best at what they do guys so let's talk about that let's start with the main event that was one Nathan Diaz Nate Diaz whichever he would like to go by if he would like to be mr. Diaz King Kung Fu, I don't care. Whatever you want to be, Nate, that's what I'm going to call you. He took on Tony Ferguson. This matchup should have happened, I don't know, a handful of years ago. These two have been in the same weight class for a while. They're both legends. Kind of sucks it took to this point to get to it. But, hey, things happen. Injuries happen, different career paths, all kinds of stuff. Uh, It is what it is. So what happens in this fight? Well... These two feel each other out, as they like to do early on. Then they start slugging. And, you know, Nate's got a more relaxed style. Tony is a little more by the book. Uh, they were throwing combos at each other. At times, I thought Tony had the advantage. Majority of the time, I thought Nate did. And then it finally got to, uh, it got past the regular rounds. We got into round number four. And about two and a half minutes into it, Nate gets Tony to follow him to the ground. A guillotine later, because to start with he has the guillotine on, and he has he has his own pretty pretty decent, but the the grip's not right, and it's a, it's kind of a modified one anyway. But in having the modified one, he ends up uh, adjusting the grip, being able to still hang on. He adjusts the grip and he is able to uh, keep it keep it going. And he puts it on, and it gets a lot more snug. And not too long after he readjusts that grip, Tony Ferguson has to tap your winner, Nate Diaz. He uh, is going to ride off into the sunset, but here's kind of what he said after. He has supposedly filed for a promoter's license. That's what we learned, like, Thursday. What does that mean? No idea. Is he starting his own... Um, fight league no idea is he maybe going to represent himself and promote himself against somebody like Jake Paul no idea we're not going to Nate's not going to tell us until we need to know but here is what here is what we do know we do know that Nate said don't be surprised if you do see me back in an octagon in this octagon, down the road. Means he's not hanging them up. He does have other things he wants to do outside of the sport. But right now, if it's about money and opportunity, some of the best money and opportunity he's going to have is under the UFC banner. And he knows that. I don't know if Bellator can give him the deal, the kinds of deals that, that UFC can right now. I don't know if uh, PFL can but what I do know is that Nate Diaz goes out on top, at least for now. I think we do see him somewhere down the road. And that leads us with the question, what do we do with Tony Ferguson? If I'm Dana, I keep him around. Uh, You know, his fights may be a slightly a little more down the rankings. And they might be slightly further down the card. Not much. He can still stay in the main. I don't have a problem with that. But uh, Tony needs to regroup. And it's not because he looked bad. He looked good in this. This is some of the best I've seen Tony look. I would argue this is the best he's looked since before he got kicked in uh, front kicked in the face. Just a fight ago. Um, I would keep Tony around. Yeah, he's on a little bit of a skid. But he needs to regroup, get back to his fundamentals, and I think he's going to be fine. So now we go to our new co-main event. Hamzat, Hamzat Chimaev against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, fantastic fighter. Um, I would like to see these guys match up again at some point. But Chemaev makes short work, 2 minutes and 13 seconds in. Uh, gets the submission win over Kevin Holland. Uh, Kevin Holland will will go about his day back to welterweight things and and uh, you know he'll he'll keep doing Kevin Holland things. What do you do with Shamiyev? A lot of people are like, well, here's another decisive win. If he was going to beat Nate Diaz this way, then of course uh, you, you got to think title shot. Yeah, but I also know that Dana's not real excited, not real happy. In fact, you could say he's downright very upset. That Chimaev missed weight. After almost railroading a card, almost train wrecking it, how can you turn around and give Chimaev a reward, a reward for this? Because I'm sure he got docked money. I'm sure he got docked opportunity, thing like that. I would say that he he is not in the the title picture right now. I would say give him another fight against who I don't know. But give him another fight. If he does this again to the next guy, now we'll talk. But I think this sets you back. This is the same thing that happens in pro wrestling. If uh, you're on your rise up and you get arrested for something stupid, you have a backstage incident, you decide to have an attitude, you go into business for yourself, uh, you do anything dumb, and in the wrestling business, oh, it can cancel your your rise to the top. It can absolutely ca- cancel your rise to the top. Um, in this case, I don't think it will, because for one, this is not pro wrestling. But I, I think Chimaev, you you got to put him not on ice, but you got to keep him at the spot he's at. He does not advance for this, because you could always argue, well, if Kevin Kevin Holland. Knew he was fighting Chermayev and not uh, not his original opponent, then uh, may- maybe he trains different. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he would. But Kevin's a trooper and he decided here's an opportunity, I'll take it. Uh, but that's that's just my two cents on that. Uh, what turned into our Co Co made event? Li Zhang Liang versus Daniel Rodriguez. Man. This turned into one of the best fights on the card. Absolutely one of the best matches on the card. Uh, This one goes the entire distance. Which means somebody's going to win by decision. And somebody did. Somebody won by split decision. Because they were as torn as we were as to who probably won this. Depending on what side of the octagon you watch the fight. Your split decision winner... Ends up being Daniel Rodriguez. Congratulations to him. Uh, I think Lee is still going to get some opportunities too, but Daniel Rodriguez uh, showed where his game is at and why he should be maybe a little further up the card. I think Lee should too. You can't penalize Lee. Once again, these are last-minute fights. Uh, To round out... The main card, you have another catchweight bout between Irene Aldana and Macy Chazan. Is it Chazan? Kaizen? I never know how to say it. I will say Macy. This was a good fight, too. This is a real good fight. These two both took their moments where you really thought they were going to end the fight right there. And then Irene does what most people don't think to do. She's on her back. Macy's trying to, uh, to to get the upper hand and she starts delivering some up kicks. Up kicks meaning you put one foot kinda on their knee and you propel up and, sh- and kinda kick upwards that way. And uh, she started to rock Macy and ends up with the k- the TKO victory over Macy because of those kicks. Uh, you just only see it a couple times but after this fight, there were a lot of experts and a lot of other people weighing in saying, you know, I think we're going to have to start doing that in the gym. We're going to have to start going over this stuff. We're going to have to start adding this to our repertoires because this is a thing now. Just like the calf kick about a year ago, a year or two ago, now these up kicks are going to start being a thing. And then to round out the main card, Johnny Walker versus Ion Kudalaba in the light heavyweight division. We all wanted... We know Kudalaba is just a beast. That dude's a monster. He's great. And we know that Walker can be. At one time, he was He was the heir apparent to to, take out John Jones. And he didn't quite make it there. He stumbled a couple of times. Got built up again after falling. And it fell again. And then now he's kind of on his third rise up. He's He's kind of like a phoenix. And he gets a beautiful submission win over Kudalaba. Johnny Walker, uh, in 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 a ode to a a former fight, when he got done with that, when he won that fight, he decided to uh, do some breakdancing moves. I believe, including the worm, and uh, actually injured himself the first time he did it. When he did it to this uh, this past weekend, he didn't injure himself that we know of. So. Uh, Good for Johnny Walker. I would like to see him rise up. If he can continue to fight like this, this is the Johnny Walker we all thought we were getting. And we just hope that that's the one that we get. And we hope for his sake that it does too, because he's a great fighter. He really does have a ton of promise, a ton of upside. We just hadn't seen it all together. Hadn't been consistent. But good for Johnny Walker. Uh, I do got to mention this fight Dennis is it Ty Lulian I think it's Ty-Lewian. took on Jamie Pickett in the middleweight division here's why I mention this part of the way through the fight referee stops the fight he tells Dennis I'm taking a point he looks at the referee, or, uh, the uh, judges he says I'm, I'm deducting a point Dennis is not real happy with this so, does he let his emotions get the best of him and takes himself out of the fight? Nope. He does even better. He takes out on his opponent and gets the TKO victory shortly after losing a point on the scorecard. Well, that's one way to do it. That Taking that point doesn't matter when the points don't matter. The points don't matter when you get the finish. So, good for Dennis on getting the TKO victory. Um... Big win for Chris Barnett over Jake Collier in the heavyweight division. Norma Dumont in the feather, in women's featherweight with a unanimous decision over Danielle Wolfe. That was a good fight. If you want to go back and watch these, they are definitely, definitely worth your time. And uh, that was UFC 279, which leads us to UFC Fight Night: Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yadong. Sanhagen is the minus 200 favorite that is just barely into the favorites. Um, I think Song has a really good chance to win this fight. If he stays true to to his skills on his feet, I think he can really do some good stuff. But I think Corey Sanhagen is, is the man for a reason. And I think Corey Sanhagen is probably going to win this. Um, probably in the third round somewhere. That would be my guess. That's that's my pick. Uh, Hagen is just the guy, man. He's just the guy. The forgotten guy a lot of times. But, uh, that, that should be a fantastic main event. Um, this is all on ESPN+. Plus. That is this Saturday, where there is so much going on. Especially here at Impact Media. We, we have, um... Looks like there's a United game, there's a Georgia State game, and there's this all on top of it. Man, it, we're going to be blowing up some screens. We know that. Uh, Co made event Chitty and Kwani. Am I saying that right? Well, Chitty is taking on Gregory Rodriguez in the middleweight division. I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about Chitty, I know a little bit about Gregory Rodriguez. I know he is going to be looking for a submission if he can get it, but if not he is going to try to uh, just build up the points and get a decision. Uh, Just for the sake of of not knowing Chitty much, I will take Gregory Rodriguez in that. Uh, Andre Philly is taking on Bill Algio in the featherweight division. Andre Philly is the slight favorite. Bill Algio is just a—he's just a dog, man. He is—he uh, is a junkyard dog. He is ready to go at all times. Uh, really good fighter. That being said, I'm taking Andre Philly. I just think that if they decide to stand and trade blows back and forth, that I think Philly is just going to slightly get the upper hand. Uh, Joe Pyfer versus Alan Amandowski in the middleweight division. Pyfer is the big favorite. I think you should pick him to do so, but do not sleep on Amandowski. who, I mean, we're looking at nine and two versus eight and three. The only reason why Joe Pyfer is favored this big is his wins were a little more dynamic, but that does not mean that Amandowski can't get the upper hand in this. And then to round out the main card, Tanner Boser is going to take on Rodrigo Nascimento in the heavyweight division. Tanner Boser is a minus 175 favorite. That is not bad at all. If you ask the uh, Ankle Pick Pod, some good friends of the show, they would probably tell you the same. Uh, Rodrigo Nascimento is this heavyweight. These guys are throwing cinder block hands. Anybody has a fair chance to win this. Um, I'm going to take the favorite Tanner Bowser in this one. That's just my particular opinion. Um, there are some other good fights on here. Anthony Hernandez versus Marc-Andre Barrault. Damon Jackson versus Pat Sabatini. Aspen Ladd versus Sarah McMahon. I'd say at plus 120, I'd take Sarah McMahon in that one. Just saying. Uh, Trevin Giles is taking on Louis Koske, I take Koske who is a plus 180. I think Giles is good, I just I, feel, I got a feeling about Louis. Uh, Denise Gomes is taking on Loma Lugbunmi, take Loma, she's the minus 230. I don't know if you want to necessarily put down money on that because that would basically mean you have to put down $230 to make 100 I don't think it's that much of a lock, but uh, take Loma to win. Trey Ogden is taking on Daniel Zellhuber. Uh, I like yeah, I like Daniel Zellhuber in that one. Mariah Agapova is taking on Julian Robertson. Julian is a slight favorite in that one. I like Agapova. Take Agapova. Uh, I just like the matchup better. Tony Gravely is taking on Javid Basharat. I like Basharat in that one. He is a minus 165 favorite. That's not bad if you can get it at that. And then to open up the card, Nicholas Mata is taking on Cameron Van Camp. Mata is a minus 200 favorite. Um, Yeah, I like Mata to win that one. Let's go for some PFL news. There are, there is some PFL news. First off, We now know the PFL championship is going to be in November. How do we know that? Well, we know that because they have recently signed a few people that should pique your interest. Like Biagio Ali Walsh, otherwise known as the grandson of Muhammad Ali. Uh, He is going to be on the amateur ranks, I believe, but he is part of the undercard that they said was on the championship card. Or championship night in November don't know where or when but we now know what month that's important they also signed UFC veteran Tiago Santos who is just gonna bolster that roster and solidify it even more it's uh, he put the, he put everybody on notice by by joining them there uh, I think Bellator's next event is next Friday, Bellator 285, which is Benson Henderson versus Peter Queeley. I believe that one's in Ireland if I'm not mistaken. That should be fun. And that's gonna round out our MMA news. So we're gonna take a quick break and tell you about our friends from betonline.net. And when we come back, it is all about professional wrestling right here on Strong Style. Be back in a bit. Hi, this is Jeremy the Impact York from Strong Style, Board Check, and That Sports Show. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, including this year's opening games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on Strong Style. Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome back. We just talked about MMA in the first side of the episode. Now it is all about professional wrestling. And boy, is there a lot of it going on right now. Let's start with the WWE. I'm going to start with Raw. On Raw, we've got... uh, They're finally splitting the Mysterios. I know Ray did not want to face Dominic at any point. Uh, He he wanted to uh, avoid that as much as possible. Well, he's not being able to do that now as uh, it looks like Edge and Rey Mysterio are on one side of the coin, and Judgment Day is on the other, where it is Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio, who has now recently joined them, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor. To me, they need Edge and Rey need to add, um, add, add another guy and another girl to their mix and have the four-on-four. Four. I think that just makes the most sense, because if not... Rhea's kind of out in no man's land, and, and it, it makes some odd men out at that point. Uh, what do I think is going to happen with this, Dominic did need to split from Ray at some point. We need to see if he has a dark side and what he can do with that. And being around people like Rhea, Priest, and Finn, they're definitely going to bring out other sides of him and uh, work on some things to him. If he would polish up just a little bit, I think he could be a great, great talent instead of a good talent that he is. Uh, Braun Strowman, we know, is back. He is railroading people on both... That may be today's episode name. I said railroad like half a dozen times already. But he is railroading people on Raw and SmackDown, which is fine. I would actually say that he could be Roman's next opponent. Somewhere down the line. I don't even care if Roman beats him. Uh, But Roman is not booked for the next pay-per-view, which I believe is Extreme Rules or, or something along those lines. I could see maybe a Survivor series or something, Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. I would definitely go for that. And uh, you know, you could have you could have the bloodline that now includes Solo Sokoa. or Sakai is it? yeah, Solo Sokoa. The little brother of the Usos, even though he's, he's not that much little. <laughs> uh you could have and Sami Zayn, of course. You could have them have something to do with Roman win the first time, or the, or even the second time, and then by the third time, have them in a cage or something like that where he can't interfere, or they can't. Uh, but having Braun Strowman back gives them a lot more options, other than Drew, who was trying to carry the whole thing as the other main card talent. Um, it's good to have Braun back. It really is. He he's an amazing talent. And, like I said, it it really takes some pressure off of the rest of the roster because of the spot he's going to command. Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah defended their tag team titles against Nikki A.S.H. and Doudrop. They're just getting them some solid wins at this point. They... They, uh, they want to build them up as a team because they're relatively new. Not only as a team, but to a lot of WWE fans who didn't follow them at NXT. No problems with that. But uh, they're getting them some decent wins. Same thing will happen on SmackDown here in a minute. Uh, Theory took on Kevin Owens. Theory kind of picked a fight with Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens is not somebody I would pick a fight with. Because Fight Kevin Fight is not just what's written on his t-shirt. It's what Kevin Owens does. And K.O. actually gets the win over Theory in this one. Now, it's not that surprising when you know that Vince is not pulling the strings on Theory. Because Vince isn't with the company. But Triple H is. And Triple H doesn't hate Theory. But he's probably not as fond of him as Vince was. So, even though they're letting him keep the briefcase, they're probably trying to decide what they want to do with him. But for right now, he's just kind of being the annoying little pest. He is... Um, very, not the personal theory, because I'm a big fan of his, but he is very poor man's version of MJF. Uh, he's decent on the mic. Uh, he's in really good shape. He's a good young talent. He is, uh, annoying, but he doesn't quite know how to turn that switch like MJF, and we will talk about MJF in a minute. Uh, Damage Control, otherwise known as Eosky. Dakota Kai and Bailey. Uh, they kind of had a face-off with Bianca Belair as they usually do. You know, we'll we'll see what happens to that. It's going to eventually be Bailey versus Bianca. It would be nice to see Bailey get the title back. I don't know if they will do that, but um, if anybody's going to beat Bianca, Bailey would would uh, be towards the top of the list. And then we had the, the uh, Intercontinental title match, Miz with Ciampa versus Lashley in a cage. Uh, Champa found ways to interject himself in the match even though they were in a cage. They drug him outside before it happened and all that. Um, and the Miz was starting to get the upper hand thanks to some underhandedness, when he decided to climb the cage. And he f- he goes over the edge, and he's hanging off the side, and he's going to climb down, and he looks down. And Dexter Loomis is laying on the floor, half under the ring, half out of the ring, staring at him. And uh, that scares him so much so, he goes back into the ring, Lastly, catches the upper hand, a spear later, and we are done. Lastly, retains. Uh, the whole Miz Loomis stare, uh storyline is going to be a lot of fun it's going to introduce the audience to who Dexter Lumis really is for a lot of people who, who once again didn't see him in, in NXT or may have forgotten and The Miz is the perfect gatekeeper for new talent coming in. You're going to see that a lot. He's the guy they put against a lot of the new talent because he can help them be better out of the gate. Speaking of SmackDown let's go there now where we had the Battling Brutes well that's known as Seamus Ridge Holland and Butch took on Imperium now that they are back together and that of course is uh, Gunther otherwise known as Walter that is Giovanni Vinci who used to be Fabian Eichner and uh, what was it Martel, Bartel, or Barthel or something like that, is what he used to be known as. Now he is known as Ludwig Kaiser. But uh, it's good to have Imperium back. They are, they are a solid trio. Now I don't think WWE is going to do trios titles because that is, um, it's just not WWE style. But uh, man, these six beat the holy crap out of each other. They seriously did. And in the long run, Imperium got the upper hand, and they get the victory. I very much like having these trios. This is like the kind of stuff they were trying to get into before Big E got hurt. Uh, just three three great superstars in a faction that just do incredible things. Shout out to Big E, by the way. Hope everything's going well, big fella. Uh, then we had we had the introduction, basically, of Solo Sokoa, as the Usos and Sami Zayn welcomed him out to say he's officially in the bloodline, and they were interrupted by Drew, who was very ticked off at Solo, and says, uh, I want you later. So it set up your main event. Um, next, as I said, Aliyah and Raquel Rodriguez defended their titles against Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. That, while they look entrance-wise, I'm so used to their NXT entrance with toxic attraction. The, they, they, entrance-wise, not in the ring, entrance-wise, they look a little out of place. It looks different when they don't have, you know, a 30 or 40 foot entrance and they have like a 100 foot entrance that requires a little more <laughs> getting all the way down through there. Uh, it's, it's a long way down to the ring from the curtain. But otherwise, they more than hang with Aaliyah and Raquel, which they all used to face each other in NXT all the time. It's, it was a good matchup. It shows that Toxic Attraction does have a place on the main roster. Uh, I just think it'll be a little further down. But other than that, good retention for Raquel and Aaliyah. and you know, Toxic Attraction looks good on the big on the big stage. Uh, Ronda Rousey wins a what was it six person match or five person match? I think I think it was five. But she beat Ziya Lee Sonya, Natalia. And Lacey Evans, Sonya Deville, of course. Um, It was really between her and Sonya eliminating people, and then it come down to it, and she just kind of ragdolled her and and beat her. That means that she will get a shot against Liv Morgan for the title coming up soon. I don't know why she had to win a match to do that. She kind of already had that in her back pocket. But uh, she looked okay in this. I don't like when they force people on us and it feels like they're forcing Rousey on us we already know she's good we already like her or dislike her for whatever reasons just let it play out Uh, we had the maximum male models and Los Lotharios took on Hit Row and the Street Profits they really like Hit Row and they really like Street Profits so uh, they just smoked the other four Uh, Hit Row being back has been a boost. It seems like not just ratings or things like that, but it seems like things are a little smoother going, and uh, the the crowds get a little peppier. They like hit row. Uh, we had the Alpha Academy and Braun Strowman, who had a little interaction. Uh, Braun Strowman ran over them both, as he should. And then your main event, Drew McIntyre took on Solo Sikoa. Pretty good match. Drew clearly had the upper hand for a good majority of the time. Of uh, course, the bloodline is down there interfering left and right when they can, and then it ends up being in a DQ victory for Drew. Not because the blue line, blue line, bloodline, but because Karrion Cross coming and choked Drew out. Karrion Cross and Drew, man, that is going to be a fantastic feud. I think you guys are going to really like it. And like I said, Braun Strowman buys the WWE and Karrion cross some time because ultimately I think Cross should be the one to beat Roman and take the belt, but it needs to be Royal Rumble or better for it to make the most impact because he could win at Royal Rumble, they could get the rematch at WrestleMania. That's the way that should play out, in my opinion. Uh, Good to have him and Scarlett back on the roster as well. Let's go to NXT, where the very busy tag team of Toxic Attraction, Gigi and JC, they took on Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. Dewdrop actually gets the drop on them, and her and Nikki get the victory. First time in a long time that Toxic Attraction has uh, not gotten a win over a a first-time team like that. Uh, J.D. McDonough, one of my favorites. I think him and Gacy are... Uh, they. I love those characters that, that play in the gray area. They operate in the shadows. They're very intense. They're very manipulative. I tend to get into the cerebral characters a lot. Not characters, cerebral personalities. And J.D. McDonough is... is uh, Becoming one of my favorites down there. Now, he took on Wesley. Wesley is a great, great talent. This was a really good match. And then McDonough takes it in the end as uh, he is building up for whatever his next, um, his next feud could be. I have an idea and we will get to it shortly. Um, Roxanne Perez took on Miko. Miko had a a great match against Roxanne. She ends up with the victory. She has a very classic style, but it is uh, different from your normal classic style. You know, I'm not talking about, like, Fabulous Moolah. I'm talking about more, it's kind of hard to describe. It's just very classic, but she's not afraid to, to, it's not just straight up shoot fighting. But uh, Roxanne Perez gave her a good run for everything before Cora came out, Cora Jade, and uh, Roxanne and Cora will will still have to battle it out, coming out here soon to uh, get that feud out of the way. Ricochet took on Trick Williams with Carmelo Hayes at ringside. Ricochet actually gets the win in this one. This is to build up. Ricochet eventually taking on Hayes again. Um, Nathan Fraser took on Axiom in part of their best of three series series Axiom actually got the jump on him on this one uh, these two I love the best of three especially between two very equal competitors and uh, Axiom takes the win and then in our main event we get Gallus which was the two brothers other than Wolfgang I haven't learned other names yeah that Wolfgang was not a part of it he was on the outside took on Tyler, Breit, or Tyler Bate or Tyler bait and Braun breaker uh, Tyler Brate and Braun Breaker end up with the win and then our good friend JD McDonough comes out and attacks them both It seems like to me that either JD is not done with braun or JD wants to start something with Tyler and I don't think he knows Tyler from the other side so my guess is braun and uh, I, I really look forward to those two facing off. Let's move to New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling, we get Juice Robinson, otherwise known as Mr. Tony Storm. And he faces off with Will Ospreay, arguably one of the top five wrestlers in the world as we speak. If you ask me, he's definitely, he's probably top three will Osprey, you know, trips over a mop and you think the mop is is the next John Cena. It's it's unreal. Uh Osprey ends up with the victory in this one as this was the match where he got his title back because Juice stole the title from Osprey a while back and has had it ever since. Uh he got it out trying to use it during the match and uh Osprey was able to get it from him at the end so now he has uh both his belts. I think he has the U.S. and the U.K. belt from New Japan. But a great match. If Two guys that, that just are really, really good. Watching Juice Robinson and Will Ospreay. It's, go back and watch it if you didn't get a chance to. Um, all three of these matches, by the way, were, were fantastic for different reasons. Uh, Shingo Takaji took on El Fantasmo. El Phantasmo actually gets the clean victory in this one. Didn't use a loaded boot, didn't use a random object, didn't use anything like that. He actually out-wrestled Shingo Takaji, which was uh, incredible. It shows that El Phantasmo is is really better than than he plays himself off to be a lot. Um, And then, in the main event, Tetsuya Naito... Took on Zack Sabre Jr. Saber Jr. kept getting the upper hand, kept getting the upper hand. This was a quick match, it was only six, seven minutes long. And Naido figures out a way to roll him up, and he gets the easy victory over Zack Saber Jr. That Saber Jr. kept chasing him around the ring at that point because he was not happy at all. But it was fantastic. Let's go to Impact Wrestling. Where the Bullet Club, otherwise known as Ace and Chris Bay, Ace Austin Chris Bay. took on Aussie Open, Davis and Fletcher. Aussie Open gets the win in this one. That's kind of interesting seeing as how they are the visiting team from New Japan. They pair up as part of the United, or as part of, I forgot the name of it. Something Kingdom with Will Ospreay. They are the tag team of that group. Uh, but really good match. Um, Ace and Bay are, are becoming a really good team together, a really good tandem. But Aussie open, they are an incredible tag team. Rachel Rose took on the returning Mickey James. Mickey James, of course, gets the good victory there. Rachel Rose looked pretty good. I've never seen her wrestle up until this point. Uh, she was brought in, obviously, as enhancement talent, but I think she did a good job. I could see them keeping her around. She can do some pretty good things and, uh, throw some some wrenches and wrinkles into the knockouts division Kenny King took on yuya Yamura who used to be a a uh, new Japan dojo student up until recently and Yamura ends up with the win over Kenny King that's interesting kind of interesting how that group is is panning out uh, Chelsea Green with Deanna Parazo took on Taya Valkyrie with Rosemary and Jessica by their side. Um, anytime these, anytime any of those five get together, it's going to be a classic. I honestly got so entrenched in it, I did not write down who the winner was. I believe, I feel like that Jessica cost Taya the win and uh, that Chelsea actually ended up with the victory in that one, but I, I can't remember. I might have to go back and look at it myself. Uh, Bupender Gujar finally got his match with Brian Myers for the was it, Internet Championship or whatever that particular thing is, and uh, Brian Myers finds a way to retain his title there. Myers is, is an underrated talent, and uh, if he really is training a majority of the people like I think he is, then uh, there's a reason why the the talent level and the execution is getting better, and in our main event, Eddie Edwards defeated Heath. It was uh, it was a good match. Heath is really good. He can hang with all the main guys. Uh, Edwards gets the victory and then is confronted by Josh Alexander as these two will face off at the upcoming pay per view. Um, as much as as much as as uh, Eddie kind of annoys me sometimes. I kind of I need somebody to beat Josh Alexander, so if Edwards wants to underhandedly do that, then I feel hope he feels so inclined to do so. Now let's finish up with AEW. We'll start with Dynamite. Tony Khan has a video and he says, Due to all the things that happened post press conference, CM Punk press conference, that he was right beside him at, he says, um, CM Punk, a bunch of officials, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are all currently suspended. So what does that mean for the titles they hold? Well, for the vacated heavyweight championship, it is stripped from CM Punk, like I guess it's vacated, and there's a tournament to determine, a six-person tournament to determine the uh, the winner, and we will get it as we get into those matches here in a minute. I will uh, I will tell you what each opening round match who they will face in the final or in the semifinals, and then for the trios, he says, "Well, we're going to get Death Triangle versus the Best Friends, which uh, is a little weird because Dark Order should have been in that match even as a, a third team, given that they were the runner-ups to." Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in the tournament. But I guess that is what it is. And they also have a couple of them dinged up. So maybe they didn't have enough people to compete. But uh, that particular match is the first out of the gate. Now, if something happened before that, we will get into that in a minute. But I'm going to skip over it for now. Death Triangle defeats the Best Friends to become the new Trios champions. Uh, The Best Friends, of course, are Orange Cassidy, Trent Otherwise known as Trent Beretta. And uh, and Chuck Taylor. Otherwise known as Chucky T. Uh, Death Triangle, of course, is Pac. And the Lucha Brothers of Ray Phoenix and. Gosh, I forgot his name now. Um, I know it's Zero Mieto. I can't remember it now. Dang it. But anyway, Death Triangle are your victors in that one. This is a really, really good match for two teams with completely different styles. They actually matched up rather well. And at no given time did I have any idea who was going to win until the final pinfall. Uh, I told you something opened up right after Tony's video. And that was the return of one Maxwell Jacob, Friedman. And since they were in Buffalo, he was wearing a Bills jersey. He come out, and gosh, he was playing up to the crowd. If you ever wanted to know what MJF would look like as a fan favorite, watch the first eight minutes of his promo. He uh, he had a couple jabs, but he would just he would, he would turn around and apologize, and and he was just so glad to be back and. He explained how everything worked, how um, Tony called and said, look, I will pay you X amount to show up at All Out. I will give you these opportunities and this and this. I will put you in that match. You just have to show up. And so he did. He's not afraid. He's not unabashed. And he said that means that the MJF sweepstakes in 2024, when his official deal comes to an end, I believe, with AEW, The bidding war for his services is going to be epic. Well, he's interrupted by one John Moxley, who says, I don't care if you're number one contender. I don't care if you have a poker chip saying you get a world title shot. I don't care about any of that stuff. You're coming out here and you're being super fake, and uh, it's just dumb. And so MJF immediately flips that switch, goes right back into heel mode, and uh, starts delivering some incredible lines. It looked at sometimes like Moxley was so unamused. And everybody else was, but he was so unamused by what MJF was saying, he actually looked like he was going to punch him a few times. They almost come to fisticuffs. John Moxley called him out for, for faking the whole you know, crowd favorite thing early. And MJF goes, yeah, you're right. And just started turning back into the normal jerk we know him as. But just... Fantastic, and if we see this match somewhere down the line, like they're teasing, like we could, I don't know that MJF Moxley is the next world title matchup I want to see after the tournament. But given the players involved, it may it, see. I, I would I got another plan, and I will get into that in a minute. And if that plan works, then MJF versus Moxley can be later down the road, and we'll get into that. The returning, she's been back a couple of weeks now. It is so great to have them both back. Penelope Ford with, with Kip, Kip was out there as well with his suit and box on his head. Love it, absolutely love it. Big fans of these guys. So glad they're back. Penelope Ford took on Tony Storm. Uh, Tony Storm, as good as she is, I don't know if she got super excited or what, but the end of it, she almost botched a couple of her big moves. Uh, Luckily, Penelope's okay. But Tony's got to button up some stuff if she's going to be the champion until Thunder Rosa comes back. I was actually more impressed by Penelope in this match than I was Tony Storm, and I'm a big Tony Storm fan. Uh, The Acclaimed with Billy Gunn came out, only to be interrupted by Swerve Scott before they could get off any fun one-liners. It looks like at some point the Acclaimed are going to get another tag team title shot because Swerve, hasn't left left him alone Wardlow defended his was it the TNT title against Tony Nice with uh, smart Mark Sterling down there by the end of it after he dropped Nice and beat him he was about to drop Sterling and uh, Josh the Goods Woods comes out to help Sterling and that is going to eventually lead to Woods versus Wardlow that's going to be somewhere down the line because Woods is busy He's going to have something else coming up very, very shortly. He made a couple appearances on this night. Up next was Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. This was part of the tournament. This was the opening match on it. And uh, the winner of this is going to face Chris Jericho in the next round. I know what you're thinking. Either one of them could be good matchups. And yes, they could. But Brian Danielson ends up with the win here because as they both are on either side of the Daniel Garcia sweepstakes, it uh, it makes it way more entertaining to have them face off with each other like this Uh, again. Uh, Danielson beats Hangman. Hangman uh, can regroup. I think he should uh, do some more stuff with. I think he should do more stuff with the Dark Order. That's what I think he should do. And eventually build up and go for a heavyweight run a little bit down the road. It's good that he was considered as part of this tournament because a lot of times he's left out and he deserves to be a part of the conversation. He is still a top contender, especially being a former champ. Um. Stokely Hathaway, The Gun Club, W. Morrissey, and Ethan Page all came out. They are going to be a new faction group. They want to disrupt things. That's fine. I I, I like them. I like this particular group because uh, these guys, these are the kind of guys that are not going to get big opportunities unless they do band up. So banding up is, is a way to definitely get things done. And having Hathaway as the mouthpiece and the leader, this group could do a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, there's a rapper from Buffalo named Westside Gun, who come out and rap for a little bit, and then introduced Daniel Garcia, who is more of a hometown talent out of there. Uh, he's he's good though. I mean, we know Daniel Garcia. We just talked about the things between Danielson and Jericho. Uh, He took on Wheeler Yuta for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Now, with the Pure Championship, there's no closed fists. Uh, You get a warning, and then you get DQ'd. You can lose your title on a DQ. You can win a title on a DQ. You only get three rope breaks. After that, rope breaks don't count for you. Uh, There's a couple other little rules here and there. But uh, for the most part, it is about pure wrestling. And these two definitely did that. In fact, the only closed fist warning came to Wheeler Yuta who just got caught up in the action and just decked Daniel Garcia. But Garcia won clean, and uh, at the very end, as he won clean as your new pure champion, Brian Danielson, come down, he grabbed the belt, told him to turn around, and he actually put the belt around his waist, uh, much to the chagrin of Jericho, who was doing commentary, and uh, he stared Danielson down, which is going to lead to their match next week. This moves us to Rampage, where Sammy Guevara took on Darby Allen as part of the uh, heavyweight tournament. The winner of this gets John Moxley. Sammy Guevara ends up with the win there. Uh, he is uh, he draws John Moxley in the next part of the tournament. Here is how I think this tournament is going to play out. I think Danielson wins. I think Moxley wins. That gets the Blackpool Combat Club members against each other. And I think I would have Danielson win. So that MJF can face Danielson. MJF will beat Danielson. Which I don't necessarily agree with. But this plays into the story better. As MJF even underhandedly beats him. Then Moxley becomes the next title Contender, and you get Moxley, MJF, which all ties back into their their face-to-face, tet-on-tet tet early on Dynamite. That's the way I would book it. Just, just the way I would. Although Danielson is champ, I don't. Yeah, you know, like I said, I don't have a problem with that at all. If he beats MJF, and you get a three-way with all of them, that's fine too. But uh, that's just the way I see it. Guevara gets the win. Samoa Joe comes out. Smart Mark Sterling and Deese and Woods all come out and uh, eventually try to get the upper hand on Samoa Joe, to which he says, he kind of clears the ring. Then he looks at Woods and he says, all right, you want to get involved? You want an opportunity at the Ring of Honor television title? You and me. Samoa Joe challenges Woods. Woods apparently accepted, and either this week or next week, The two are going to face off for the Ring of Honor Championship. This is going to be a great opportunity for Woods. Uh, Samoa Joe is going to really beat you up, but you're a tough guy. You do MMA kind of like uh, Jake Hager does. So it's going to be a tough, brutal match, but Woods definitely has the opportunity to be the Ring of Honor television champion. And maybe some old retains, who knows. Uh, we got Madison Rain versus Serena Deeb. You know, Claudio Cassanoli said the other day that the Blackpool Combat Club needs a female member and that Serena Deeb would be a great fit for that. I agree. That that would that would be interesting. She definitely fits the mold of, of all of those guys. And uh, wouldn't feel challenged or out of place around them course, she beats Madison Rain. Uh, Madison Rain, always a uh, fantastic worker in the ring. That's why they, they bring her uh, to stuff like this. Uh, just fantastic. Fantastic talent, but Serena Deed gets the win. And then in the Rampage main event, Claudio Castagnoli that I just mentioned defended his Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship against Dax Harwood. We've got to see Dax in a lot of singles matches lately. And it just shows how good he really is. Um, Cash Wheeler's pretty good too, but Dax is a great singles wrestler. And he took Claudio all the way to the brink before Claudio uh, tops him just enough to get the win, retain his title. Just a fantastic night of, of, of action. Fantastic week of action. As I said, we've got UFC Fight Night uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Song dong coming up. We got PFL to look forward to. There are wrestling pay-per-views within the next couple weeks. All kinds of fun stuff that we get to talk about here on Strong Style. But for now, that's going to do it for us. Shout out to all you amazing people that let us come on here and talk about pro wrestling and MMA each and every week. I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting.